Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. I feel like uh, you should have a mustache on for this podcast. <laughs> I, I can run and grab one. Now. <laughs> Do you keep it in some like special case that you just crack open every time uh, you're going to make a video? I have an embarrassing number of mustaches. <laughs> Hold on. How many uh, a number of mustaches is not embarrassing? Well, I have like a lot more than 100. What? You have 100 <laughs> mustaches? Uh, it's probably more like a thousand. What's a mustache? You, they're cheaper if you buy them in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many because we initially had them packaged and marketed to sell, but then just insurance stuff just kind of, you know, put a damper on that. So, how did that long all... story short, I have like a thousand mustaches. <laughs> how did that all start? The, the mustache thing, you know, <laughs> I honestly, I shoot back in 2010, 2011, 2011. My department did a banquet and it was one of those, you know, it's like they recognize firefighter of the year and, and all the different things. Everybody's getting awards and service pins and all kinds of stuff. And the night, you know, can get a little stale. And they had some speakers that uh, it, was, it was a charity event. And they had some speakers talking about, you know, how the money benefited them and all that kind of stuff. And so it sometimes it get kind of boring. And I was like, oh, we, we could do something, change it up. I was like, I can make a funny video. And I made that whole, like my knee hurts now oh, video. Classic. And <laughs> <laughs> that mustache character was honestly making fun of my captain at the time. Oh, I like uh, that. Got Tom, a big mustache. He's, he's, Tom's my he's captain. from New Jersey. So I completely appreciate. Oh, okay. What would you do to make fun of me? Like what, what are I do make fun of you. No, no. I mean, but, you know, he's using a mustache. Like, what is it that you would do if you could do something that I do every day look like or something if you had to make a video? Oh, I definitely wouldn't be in uniform. <laughs> and I would walk around looking pissed <laughs> yeah. off all day. <laughs> it's, a, it's a resting bitch face. I'm not yeah, really mad. Yeah, exactly. It's good. So then, So then after that, my knee hurts now, which was... I mean, oh man, I remember being at, station, so at our station big. too. That had to be ten years ago, right? Is that a long time? It's ten years ago. Yeah, it was. It was two. two uh, uh, this year will be twelve years. So I remember sitting at the computer. <laughs> Somebody sent it to me, but I remember sitting at the computer. And I'm like, oh guys, you have to see this. It, you know, bringing everybody around. It was classic. I mean, it was. It's just so true. Well, I think you just one thing that you did that I'd never seen before is like you struck a chord with something that, because we all feel like we're in these little you know, microcosms of I'm the only person that's experiencing this and it's taboo to kind of bitch about going on dumb calls and stuff like that because uh, sure. we want to be held as like revered. And in all actuality, what we do is uh, what you're talking about. And, and I think you struck a chord with everyone and think you can be accredited to starting a lot of the social media funny parodies parody stuff this episode is brought to you by snapple want to know another snapple fact the first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep a duck and a rooster ridiculous check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored snapple near you Yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know, it, the whole, the funny thing about it is it was like literally just kind of by accident. Like I was on a rescue with my partner. We were coming back from literally that call and we had the radio on and I need you now came on the radio and we're driving up to 17 back to our station. And I was like, it's quarter after one call the 911 because my knee hurts now. And he started dying laughing. And I just started like kind of just, you know, making up lyrics as I went just freestyle or whatever, you know, and we were just cracking up laughing. I was like, dude, I think that's it. And he's like, what? I was like, we were looking for something funny to add to this banquet. And I think that's it. I'll make like a parody music video. And yeah, it, it was one of those things. I remember making it and you know, you, so writing the lyrics, recording the lyrics, editing everything, filming, and then putting it all together. I watched it, you know, no less than a hundred times by the end of it, I was like looking at my wife, like super nervous. I don't think this is funny. Like I've seen it so many times. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is funny anymore. And so I'm like, 
oh man, this is, I'm going to put it out there. It's going to be crickets. This is going to be terrible. And it was like the exact opposite. We, they played it in this, it was in a, it was a big banquet room. There was probably 300 or so people in there and the room erupted. And I looked at my wife and I remember she was like, oh my gosh, they are laughing so loud. And I was just like, what is happening? And it just, everybody who was at the event from other departments and stuff were like, dude, you've got to send me this link. And so I had never wrote down so many emails because it was just on YouTube. And I was like, you can look me up on YouTube, but I'll email it to you, whatever. I sent the link out. And like, dude, the next morning, like overnight, it was almost at a million views. And I was just like, what the freaking heck happened? Like it just took off like wildfire. People were just sending it around. And This episode is brought to you by us. More importantly, our Patreon. And most importantly, our Patreon members. If you like what you're hearing, think about joining us. Head on over to the-standard.us, and for as little as $3 a month, you can get extra episodes, discounts on gear, monthly conference calls. So head on over to our site at the-standard.us. And remember to always like and subscribe. That's the show. How'd your department feel about... It's crazy. I mean, it's in our policies and procedures that we shouldn't say that we're from the place that we work i mean how do your how does your right. department deal with that yeah i mean you're doing a lot i mean between i mean i guess you're you can talk about it as we go on but you're involved in the coffee company too and you've got this social mm-hmm. media page um you're having you know the place where we come from is we would get well you're using department resources to make these videos and you're doing it on you know, company time and I, it gets old, right? Because it's for the benefit of just making us laugh. I mean, I think it's good, like almost therapy, honestly, what you're doing, but have you had right. that issue? I mean, do you, do you deal with that with your department? Do you think of it the same way we do? Yeah. You know, so when it went out, well, coming out of that, we, we, uh, a social media policy was created. We didn't have <laughs> Yes. In your so, name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The Fenton policy was created, but no. So my fire chief at the time, he loved it. He thought it was fantastic. He's like, you know what? He, you know, he did almost 50 years in the fire service when he retired. He started out with the city of Glendale, was there for over 20 years, almost 30 years, went to Peoria and then uh, came to our department and he was there for, I want to say just over 10 years. So the guy had, you know, like I said, nearly 50 years in the fire service. And he was like, we deserve to laugh too. They, I did catch some heat, not from the department. Um, I, there was some labor issues, not our labor room. There was just, you know, surrounding uh, locals thought it looked bad. Um, even, even like, I don't know, yeah, got to be tactful. All the way up, yeah. all the way up was saying, hey, you know, we're fighting for pensions. And, um, you know, large organizations in the Valley. And there's, we're fighting for pensions and, and you're making us look like clowns. And, and I was like, you know, I, I disagree. You know, I think I was tasteful. Uh, it was literally highlighting the system abuser, which is an actual problem in the 911 system. And it was a joke. It was clean. It was funny. Nobody knew that it was going to blow up like it did. I had no clue. Like the most viewed video I ever had on my YouTube channel before that had like 40 views, you know, <laughs> and it just like, nobody knew it was going to do what it did. Hence why I was also wearing like my department uniform and even said the department's name in the end of it. And it was like, so it just kind of took off. And so, but what was funny was, yeah. So I kind of caught some grief, took it down. You know, I was just like, man, I don't know if this is worth it, you know? So I, I took it down. And I was very social media illiterate at the time. So like I could have just like made it private, but I just deleted the video. So all those views gone. <laughs> so I deleted the video and then my, uh, our labor called and was like, where'd it go? And I told him what happened. And they're like, man, forget that. Put it back up. So I put it back up. I get some more phone calls, um, more pressure from again, other agencies and organizations. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it down. And then my fire chief called me and he was like, all right, Brent, what's going on? I tell him what's going on. He's like, you know what? So we're a district, you know, and he's like, the only people we need to make sure that are happy is our board. Our board is fine with it. If at any moment the board says, take it down, then we'll take it down. It stayed up for a few days, probably a couple of weeks. And then the board was like, man, this is really gaining a lot of attention and put our department on the map. And it was just, they're like, we, we, they just, honestly, they, 
they weren't upset at me. They just, we'd never experienced anything like that. And so they were just like, let's just pump the brakes on this one, sleep on it. So we took it down and it stayed down. And then that's when we, you know, we hit, everybody knows that once it's out there, it's out there. It started popping up on multiple channels and like big websites, you know, fire engineering, Saturn 911, all these big fire department, like websites started sharing it and all this stuff. And it was like, Holy cow. It's like, all right, it's out there. And they're like, you know what? It's out there. Best we can do is control the narrative and, and say what, say what it is and what it isn't, you know, it's your, it, it, you know, ultimately it's your platform. And, and uh, so yeah, put it back up and it's been great. And, and then uh, I've had nothing but full support. You know, the biggest thing with my department is, I don't film on duty. That's one thing. So I don't film on duty. That first one was filmed on duty because again, it was for a department function that we had no idea what was going to happen, but I don't film on duty. And then I keep it clean. That's just my own personal thing. I want to keep it um, family friendly, keep it clean, keep it funny. Um, and then I just kind of make it any fire department anywhere. You know, you don't show, I don't show any department identifier. So you just see a fire engine. It could be a firefighter from anywhere. I mean, so many departments are spending so much money on retention and also trying to get their own social media going, which are by and large pretty lame. It's like, why wouldn't yeah. you embrace what you're doing? And it seems like eventually your department did with, with some caveats, which I don't think are outrageous by any means. But yeah, I mean, you want to bring some attention to your department. I mean, uh, we there, and we've talked about it on the show before. There used to be like lines of people to get on this job, and I'm sure you're seeing it too, where there's just not uh, the mm -hmm. pool is not there anymore. You need to make yeah. yourself stand out, and why not? Yeah, do what you're doing. It's crazy because there is some bleed over. Because I also found myself in the public information officer role as well. I'm oh, an engine really? captain, but I'm also I'm also the PIO. And it's funny when I do like PSAs and different things that pop up, I start to see firefighter fit and people tagging <laughs> in the comments and i'm like oh boy <laughs> do you do it with your mustache yeah, on oh yeah you should yeah you absolutely should <laughs> no. uh so hang hang on before we start this interview yeah, I, you're all then you turn around and then come uh, back we're yeah. on scene of a multiple fatal yeah. fire yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, you all right moron yeah <laughs> when you said you were on the rescue that that brought uh remembered the the skew one now you know not the skew that was a good one mm -hmm. what, what are some of your favorite ones what, i mean is that is that Neat Hurts now your favorite one, or are there some other ones that now this is my favorite one? Yeah, I do. I do like my Neat Hurts now. I kind of want to redo it because it was. Do you remember those flip cameras, the little tiny cameras that had the little USB thing that popped down on the side? That's what that was filmed on. And so I kind of want to like redo it in 4K. And, and it's funny because we have I have all the same everything from that video. But um, no, so my favorite video, uh, I really like. Um, the station two one just the cinematic side of it i like the most recent one i did um just use some different i guess uh, techniques for filming it i just i'm just trying to up the ante as i go and it has become increasingly harder as my family has grown to you know find the time to do that kind of stuff but like yeah so my knee hurts now or, i'm sorry uh the station two is one of my favorites and then uh the pole to the right one that i just did and then yeah you know it there's, I try to remember all the different ones that I've done, but uh, the one that you did, uh, I just remember it was, it was like a proby or somebody, but I just remember, um, you know, sleeping in the recliner at like eight thirty and like dishes, you know, throwing the dishes in the trying to wake everybody up. No, no, it was like uh, didn't want to clean the dishes and the, or or wetting the the floor in the bay, but not really cleaning the cleaning the rig, that, like that type <laughs> of stuff. You point, yeah, yeah. that's great. I mean. It, it's like you watch your videos and you realize, okay, you know, everything we're thinking about here is going on across every, the fire every firehouse, every firehouse. Is it tough since you're, yeah. you're kind of, at least for the people who don't know you, you're the, you're the funny guy. Do you have a hard time transitioning to being serious? And, and obviously you're into the job because I don't think that you get as successful as you are. And, and you're not into the job. Is it hard to jump between those two roles of serious firefighter and, Hey, I'm going to make, make jokes. Um, you know, no, I, I definitely, I will say stuff I've experienced is I've had people, uh, maybe write me off as like not intelligent or whatever, right. um, because I'm funny, but like, you know, I can, 
you know, I, I know my job. I do it well. I can, I know when to put that hat, take that hat off and put like, you know, my captain hat on or my, you know, my business side hat on. Um, but, you know, I don't necessarily, I, I think sometimes where it gets difficult is I will run into people who will forget that like, Firefighter Fenton is like a character. Yeah. And I, and I do feel like I am genuinely like a, like a funny person. I got that from my dad. My dad's like the funniest person I know. And so I'm, I'm always laughing, having a good time, witty, whatever. But I've literally had people like, well, you're, you know, I always, I always relate it to, you ever seen Finding Nemo when oh, they're yeah. like, Hey, you're a clown, you're a clownfish. <laughs> they sound funny. It's that, it's that kind <laughs> of thing where I'm like, Okay, yeah, like I mean, I can be funny and and but that's just not like a light switch. I turn it on, I just go. It's like I'm a normal human being. I I still, you know, I'm married. I have four kids. I have a job. Like I have struggles. I have things that I deal with. You know, just like everybody else. You know, I just happen to slap on a fake mustache from time to time and make ridiculous videos and make people laugh. I enjoy that. But um, uh, I, I wouldn't say for me that it's necessarily difficult to jump back and forth between like being on, if you will, and, and being serious. Uh, I, I will say people do meet me and they're like, man, you're so much different than like what I, what I thought you would be, you know? And I'm like, is that good or bad? And sometimes people are like, hey, you know, what? no, that's a good thing because I kind of felt like if you were that firefighter character all the time, you'd be really obnoxious and hard to be around. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the wife ever get tired of it? Like, oh, you're making another video. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Take your stupid She's mustache like, oh, off. Oh my goodness. I mean, she, oh, you know, it's so funny. She made her own page, Mrs. Firefighter Fenton, which she actually got axed on Facebook. Why? Because uh, for bullying and harassment. It was hilarious. Like, and I think it's because her bio was, I'm here to roast Firefighter Fenton. And like, oh, I love that. She, she trolled every post I made. She posted like when I'm making a video, she's like, I don't know what's funnier, this video or me watching you in our video. kids bathroom screaming whatever as you're filming it or doing something you know and she would post tons of like she has an instagram um but her facebook like it got axed and whatever and so she's gonna put it back up again she'll do it again but it's just you know it's ridiculous all the you know bullying and harassment it's like whatever it's a joke she's my wife right she love and, and like and it, i think it's hilarious because man she has she has caught me at my worst and i'm just like hey you know what like if I'm going to dish it, I got to be able to take it. And she throws it up there and throws those videos out there. And sometimes I'm like, you posted that. She's like, yeah. And I'm just like, all right. All right. I, mean, I think she, I think there's an opportunity there. Like you, you have similarities in every firehouse. You have similarities in every fire home as well with, oh, yeah. you know, the way the wives feel and the kids feel. And I, you know, I, I'm not trying to put ideas in her head, but if she, <laughs> if she wanted to do some videos on that, I think that'd be equally uh, oh, yeah. equally is hilarious. I mean, you must right. be, you must be doing something right though. When we were talking last month, you're like, I'm going out to my first keynote in Hawaii. So, I mean, must be doing something right. If, if a chief's association is asking you to come out and, and speak, but I, I am curious about what, uh, what the keynote included to teach. Yeah, so I mean, it's one thing when it's going to chiefs, right. And not to the line. That's very true. Yeah. I've, I've done smaller speaking engagements. This was definitely the biggest one that I've done. And, and yeah, it was, I had to kind of tweak what I talk about because I, I'm passionate about family and healthy marriage and like, you know, like being good at your job, loving your job, but like you're married to your wife, you're not married to the job kind of thing. I'm passionate about that. Like I, you know, we, we've all seen families get torn apart because guys forget who they're married to, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, it's like they love the job, which is great. And you should love the job, but you have to remember that it doesn't love you back because if you were to get hurt and be off the job, your spot's going to be filled, you know, and they're just, it's going to keep going right on, you know? And, and so I'm passionate about that, but yeah, that's the thing is like, I had to kind of reevaluate what I was going to talk about. Cause now I'm going to be in a room of leaders of leaders and, and people are answering, answering to, you know, mayors and city managers and all kinds of elected officials. And so, um, my topic that I spoke was um, obviously it had to do with humor and it was um, humor in the fire service and why it's so important. Um, so I, my points were that basically humor is human. You know, it shows your human side. It makes you vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. If somebody doesn't laugh, then it's super freaking awkward, you know, <laughs> or, or it's, you know, it, it, you're bringing joy to people. Um, but I also talked about the actual like physical um, and emotional effects of humor, short and long term. 
And then I, I talk about looking for opportunities to make mundane things or tasks memorable, whether it's through cracking a joke or just being creative or, you know, it's just like the day-to-day thing. And, and it's like, I feel like that's something that I've, I've been able to kind of, um, I don't know if it's a gift. Sometimes it's a, it's a curse because my brain never stops. But like when I see something that happens and you, like you guys, you guys said it earlier where you said, you know, it connected with you, you know, oh, this is not just happening in our firehouse or in our department's culture. This is happening worldwide, you know, to firefighters. I have been able to kind of sit back. I write down things a lot. And I think, and when I hear somebody complaining about something or something that frustrates me or whatever, I kind of write it down. Or if I find myself in a situation where I'm just like pissed about something, I like write it down or whatever. And then I'll come back to it. And I've kind of discovered that there's a very fine line between like anger and just straight like comedy, because when you're in a moment and all you're seeing is what's going on there, you just, you're pissed, you're seeing red or whatever. But if you pull yourself out and you kind of give yourself like a 30,000 foot look and you recreate this there and you see the way you're acting, like how you're acting to that kind of situation, which is not really that big of a deal. It's kind of funny. And you have, I mean, you should laugh at yourself. It's just like, Oh man. And so I feel like when I'm able to kind of recreate those scenes as ridiculous or monotonous as they are and then play it back guys are like oh my gosh yep i've been there or that's so and so or you know what i mean and and so i I, when i spoke to the the fire chiefs convention that was that was one big thing that i had said was you know i used a lot of company officer um examples but the but it the the point remained the same you know they're leaders of leaders so they um if uh, they know that you know the, the fire captain is the face of the fire chief to the community, to the crews, you know, it's that you're that go between. And so I was talking about, you know, inspiring your leaders, you know, you're leading your leaders, inspire them and you'll see your organization change. People, they'll go from pulling that rope in opposite directions to now they're coming around, you're pulling it the same way. And so um, just kind of encourage that. And uh, I had some really funny stories. At least I think they're funny. They seem to laugh. So they thought they're funny too, but I had some funny stories of some stuff that had happened in my career, my department situations where I took uh, mundane shifts turned into very memorable events that people have talked about for years. So, so it seems like, and I got in the fire service in Oh five. I think you were pretty close to that. I don't know. It seems like we're dealing with some more serious stuff now than we were back in, you know, kind of back in the day, back when we started. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think we are, this job's getting more dangerous. And are you finding it harder to find humor in those types of situations? I mean, at least where we're at, there's way less cops on scene. There's way more uh, of us having to deal with things outside of our you know, quote unquote norm of, of mm-hmm. fire service stuff. And, uh, it seems like the stakes are higher now. Are you yeah. seeing the same or, um, I, f- I, I feel like personally, I mean, definitely with, with the police climate and all that kind of stuff going on, that's just, it's ridiculous. And, and I, I would, I've more power of those guys, you know, God bless them. I would never do that job, especially now. Uh, I come from a family of cops. My entire family was police officers. I was actually gung-ho to be a police officer. And my dad was like, mm. my dad and my, and a couple of my uncles were like, nah, go fire. So I was like, all right. But, um, but I, I, I do feel like to a point, it's kind of always been not necessarily with the police thing, but as far as like the danger, I kind of feel like it's always kind of been that way. It's just now we hear about it more because social media, because cameras are everywhere and everything is everywhere. Got a big class coming up. Another one. Yeah, excited. So we just finalized it. April 29, 30, Saturday, Sunday, 2023. Right? So it's going to be two-day class at South Adams County Fire Department. Again, same place as we did in October. But Forge the Basics, two-day class. Yeah. We had some uh, former classmates reach out, and uh, they got a rescue recently in one of their – Things they said was that what they learned at our class was huge for being able to get in first and making the rescue, and then they went back to work right afterwards. Yep. So, and if you're a Patreon member, we're going to give you a hundred bucks off. Yeah. So you just uh, join the Patreon, have the code on there, and uh, you can get a hundred bucks off the class. Biggest thing is 
you know, two days, it's a lot of work, but the instructors are working right there with you. You know, we, we try to put the class into five or six groups, but you have two to three instructors with you in each group. Plus you've got a, an instructor teaching the skill too. But the biggest thing is we're there with you, man. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot hard, of work. a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too. So, uh, you can go to our website, find out more information. You can, like I said, sign up on our Patreon and you can find out more information like that. But uh, we'll be putting the links out on our social media. You'll see that quite often. If you got any questions, reach out to us. We'll see you in April. I don't think I, it's it's become um, increasingly harder. I think the biggest thing that, especially now, that people are talking about is, you know, the mental health aspect of things. And, and people are, the stigma is kind of being removed. We still have guys that are afraid um, to talk about things, obviously, because we still have this, you know, this epidemic of firefighter suicide and, and there's, we see people with substance abuse. And that's the biggest thing that I, that, that's another thing that I talked about in, in that speech is just how powerful the tool humor is. Um, not, you don't have to be a comedian, um, but like we all can laugh and that's a tool that we all have. It's a sense of humor. And, you know, I, I, I talked about my faith, you know, I'm a Christian and I, and I, I'm not like, I'm not a preacher, but like, I believe that we were created in like the image of God and, and, God has a sense of humor and we have a sense of humor. And I'm like, you can read in the Bible stories where you're like that clearly God has a sense of humor or stuff that happens in my life. I'm like, okay, there's no other, there's no other explanation other than like, you know, when my wife and I were planning to have three kids and then we had four, it was like, that's just funny. You know, your, la- your last <laughs> but, ones were twins. What's that? Were your last ones? No, no, oh, oh. no. We just, we had agreed. We are done. Like we're done. We had, I remember we had like this, two week span where it was just rough with three kids and we're like we are so done no more we, we're done three is it and we were already pregnant with our fourth at that point so it was kind of <laughs> but, but we just didn't know it yet but no so and that's what i talk about is um so it, it's the coping mechanisms and and i think that humor is is a huge coping mechanism because if you don't have a place because I, i've talked about this before where we go out on these calls and we see traumatic oftentimes tragic things and we have to uh, like i always say we have to turn off our human side because and become task oriented you know we have a skill set that we're good at our jobs we know what to do we know how to operate and and, uh, perform in those situations and those whatever that call is whether it's an an injured child or a loved one is dead on the floor and the family's freaking out, that kind of thing. We have to turn off our human side and block all that out. And now that injured child or, or you know, person cardiac arrest is it's as weird as it sounds. It's not a person at that point. It's a problem. And I have the skills to fix it and I'm going to fix it. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Obviously we, we can't save everybody. And, and sometimes people are just too sick or injured for us to, to be successful. But I think where people struggle is they don't know what to, where to go with that after they don't know how to turn their human side back on because we can't stay in that task oriented mindset because then you become numb, a robot. You don't have any coping mechanisms. It becomes overwhelming. And then that's when we see that. And again, I'm by no means like a subject matter expert or counselor or anything like that. So, but like, you know, that's where I feel like where we're seeing the increase in alcohol abuse, substance abuse, you know, relationship problems, divorces, um, suicides. I, I, and I, I just, I feel like, you know, obviously there's a lot of resources to help people, but one thing that we can all do that is a very powerful tool is laugh. And, well, and you know, sometimes it comes out as dark humor, but it's humor nonetheless. That's exactly what <laughs> I was going to say. You know, I think that dark humor is, and we've mentioned it before that you can't really have some of that dark humor at the firehouse anymore. Well, I we have a very like depending on who you're around. Yeah, we have a very special station right now where we're all very similar types of people. We all kind of cope in that same way. And I think that if one of our council members were to come to dinner one night after a tough call, I think we'd mm. all fired. Get fired. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. so I think we're we're losing a lot of that. And I think that's creating even a bigger problem. Is it like where are we going to, where no are we going to go? Because you, that same dark humor. I mean, we go home and to an extent, our, our wives might laugh at that a little bit, but they don't even have the same humor. Right. You know, sure. kids, kids mm-hmm. aren't hearing the stuff we're hearing and the jokes that, that make us laugh. <laughs> but I think that's what was, I mean, and, and it caused some problems. 
obviously in the decades prior because sometimes that dark humor would be targeted at individuals or groups or whatever and so yeah sure we understand it's it's uh it wasn't very sensitive to that but gotta have dark humor is dark you know like that's we sit around the table at our station with guys you know from different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and we make fun of everybody for their backgrounds, you know, and, yeah, and right. that, that's, oh, that's yeah. how I grew up too. You know, that's the way it was uh, in the dugout, you, you know, play with guys from yep. all over and you just, you make fun of, I, I was, I was a big, tall white guy, you know, or, Oh, boo hoo. Yeah, I know. Right. Like you can't, <laughs> Hey, he can't go South. Like do not take him across, uh, you know, Baja, you know, like he'll never make it back. You know? <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore. That, to your point, humor helps a lot. I guess for me, uh, I obviously I never try to be like disrespectful, but I'm not afraid to like offend people. And I and I, I have the uh, the stance, and I, and I'm never vulgar or like uh, I hate the whole bullying thing because I think bullying is important in growing in childhood. I know what that's you're you, saying. That's how you learn how to stick yeah, up for that's yourself. You, exactly. That's yeah. how you build character. That's how you survive because the real world is tough and people can be a-holes and you got to know how to deal with a-holes, you know? And we so were it's... watching something the other day on bullying and it was, you know, a program to, to prevent bullying. It was, you know, kind of like that dare program we will, but it was focused on getting to the bullies and have them not bully. And I said, how about a program that teaches those that are being bullied just to kick the bully's ass? Because now, yeah. you know, cause then you, and I, and I know it's easier said than done because usually size has something to sure. do with it, but teach them skills i mean most of the time when the bully gets punched in the face the bully stops right oh and, yeah and it's like we could teach someone not to get bullied make them more confident and then you reset the bully back into reality at the same time i don't know if that's the answer i know it's i know it's, it's a i simplified it for sure no but. i think it's uh i think it goes back to that like hurt people hurt people and so, oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I think it's, it's getting people to, first of all, have self-confidence to say like, yeah, I know this guy's giving me a bunch of shit, but I'm a pretty awesome dude. And I can, I can work mm-hmm. past that. And knowing like, if I can teach my kids one thing, it's like, when you get bullied, you need to know that that person's getting it at home or somewhere else twice as hard as they're giving it to you and mm-hmm. let them do their thing. And in, in the long run, they're going to be screwed up. I've, I've told the story. O'Doyle always <laughs> O'Doyle, drives off the cliff, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I told the story before, but I, uh, my biggest bully back in school came up to me in high school. And he's like, hey, man, I need to say I'm sorry. I'm going through this program, and uh, I'm try- trying to make amends. And at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, man, no worries. We're good. Like, I, I get it. I'm fine. And, you know, come – to learn later in life. I'm like, this kid's going through AA in what uh, our, Ooh. our junior year of high school. So like, wow. did you cross him off your, you know, like Steve, yeah. you mean? like cross Glad I called that guy, <laughs> cross him off your list. Yeah. I'm at home. I'm at home putting on <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> but I think, you know, like you need to, yeah, you need to know how to defend yourself hundred yeah. percent, but you also need to know that, there are some hurt people out there and they're going to try and make your life harder, but that doesn't stop in yeah. high school. It and doesn't stop in college. It's just, it keeps going. It does. You know? Yeah. yeah it's I, a I, thing. I, I think for me, I just don't have patience for the victim mentality. It just, that, and that's the thing is you just, you, I teach my kids like, we're like, it's just like you said, like everybody does have a story. You don't know what people are going through. Hurt people do hurt people. Um, people are going to be jerks, brush it off. They're going to say terrible things about you you know, that's not true. Like this is, you know, who, what your identity is, you know, who you're about and we're going to go on. And, and I, and I think for my biggest thing I said with my videos is like, when I, when I offend people, it's like, I might make an off color joke or something that somebody doesn't think is funny, but I'm like, you know what, if it's going to make you that upset, maybe you need to be offended. And like, and not in a, and I don't mean that in like a disrespectful or a rude way, but it's more of like, people forget that when you're offended, nothing happens. That's just it. Like that offends me. Okay. Sorry. I feel like, you know, a but lot of times they're on. looking to get offended. You, 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 yeah. The ones that are constantly offended, it's, it's like, well, it's their identity. There's the their identity at a certain point. Yeah. You go into a situation, yeah. just, I'm going to find something that 
makes me the victim here, you know, and it goes back to what you're saying, victim mentality. I think, you know, I was, I was reading or listening to a podcast. I have to look it up. I can find the clip though, but this was years ago. This was like back in 2015 or something. And this, uh, psychologist psychiatrist was on and he was talking about how sometime around 14 15 society changed and it started in on college campuses where it became more beneficial and of course easier to be the hero by being the victim rather than doing something heroic and like taking a big risk and you know doing something that maybe wouldn't pay out like in the past heroes were i mean you risked your life right to do something that maybe didn't pay off or maybe it wouldn't benefit you. Now it's how can I be the victim? You're immediately a hero on social media within the media. Yeah. And then it's become now people fabricate stories to be the victim. And so you got to get away from that victim mentality because it's really holding anybody back from being as great as they truly can, you know? For sure. Yeah. And, and I just think in the, but like, you know, in the, the fire service culture, you're, you're right. The, the culture is changing and I don't necessarily think it's all for the, for the, for the bad. I do think there is some good stuff that has come out of the change and things. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is just like, I guess I should, I should back up a little bit and say like, you know, I'm not afraid to offend people, but I also don't go out of my way to offend people. Yeah, is what yeah. I should say. Not I'm not goal. an a-hole. I, I like to make, pe- I like to make people laugh. And honestly, if I say something and you have a hard time laughing at it or laughing at yourself, because my videos target everybody. I have, my department has been in my videos and I've had guys in my department be like, you are a freaking ass. I can't <laughs> believe you made that video. You know, I'm just like, hey, you know, nobody's safe, you know? And I've, I've targeted myself. I've been like some of the, the roles that I recreate or some of the characters. I'm like, I'm making this cause it's funny, but that's 100% me, you know, <laughs> or like, that's this guy. I, I just I, I do think that there's there is there's definitely a culture shift and like you said having that safe place to be able to have that dark humor have that coping mechanism or have those things um, I don't think it's necessarily gone I just think it definitely looks different um, you, it may have to be put on pause which is unfortunate like you said if a, a an elected official comes in or or someone you know, ships in that some, day and. You know, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't, uh, maybe we'll just talk about it in the rig if they're on another one. And when we get back home, it's not going to be as, um, as open, but no one can like, no one can make you feel a certain way. I mean, at a certain point, it is up to you to control your own emotions. And I think that's where I see the biggest issue is like, now I'm being, or, or we all are, we're being held to the standard of you can't make someone feel a certain way. It's like, I can't make you feel anyway. It's up. It's your emotions. Yeah, it's your decision. It's your decision. And and how fast you kind of get over that is completely up to you. Right. How did you get involved with the coffee stuff? That seemed to be, uh, you know, it seems to be just as big as the, as your own person. Is that guy's name Jason? Is it Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he and you are, I mean, same sort of thing. I mean, parody is very good at it. When you guys collaborate, I mean that. Nothing. You guys work together. Yeah, with uh, not on the fire department, but with fire department coffee. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Are, are you guys? Yeah. Are do you guys have uh, departments that are close or? No, no. I'm. You know, yeah, you know, I'm in Arizona and he's in um, Florida. Oh man, <laughs> so, that's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah. So we we kind of connected. So, you know, I was making videos. He started making videos we kind of just messes back and forth years ago. I mean, we're talking shoot 2014 ish or something like that. And we just talked back and forth, just kind of like, Oh dude, love yourself. Yeah. You're such 22, whatever. And then we just never really made it connect. And I think a lot of that just was the, the means to do so. We didn't have the resources at the time. And, and, um, and, and I was also very different. Like I didn't understand social media. That was one thing that Jason, he understood it a lot quicker than I did. Like I made that, that first video and I made one video and that was it. And I didn't make another video until the following year. And I made, I'm salty and I know it. And then I didn't make another video until one that year later. It's it. literally yeah. like, but it's like seven years of doing that one video a year, but it built traction. But I just didn't, I didn't capitalize on that momentum that those videos were going. And, and I just, 
I should have been putting out shorter form stuff. And honestly, that didn't really happen until the end of 2018. You know, I was, I got messaged by a guy and just kind of challenged me to like, Hey, you should, uh, you should seriously, he's like, and I've been a follower of yours from a long time since my knee hurts nowadays. And you should seriously kind of dig in and see if how, you know, see what your chops are like with short form comedy and see what you could do. Cause I really think you're missing the boat here. And so I was talking to my wife about that. I was like, what do you, that'd be kind of cool. I was like, I'll try it. So for like the month of December in 2018, I put out, like, I think at that time, my Instagram had like 300 people on it or something like that. I just didn't, I wasn't active. It didn't have much of a following. Facebook was real small and stuff. So for the month of December, I put out one piece of content every day, just challenge myself to put out one piece of content. And I I gained like 3000 followers in that month. I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. And I just kind of kept going. I didn't do every single day, but I stayed consistent and it just kept going, kept going. Jason and I had, had kind of messaged back and forth. And then um, Jason, like him and I had done some videos, but in 2020 is when he was like, Hey man, you should come on board with fire department coffee. Um, I think we could do some really good stuff together. And so I was like, yeah. So I, um, in at the beginning of that was at the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021, I came on board with fire department coffee. And, um, so now we, we see each other probably half a dozen times a year or so. Um, we fly. So fire department coffee is in Rockford, Illinois. And so, uh, we, we get together, we kind of meet everybody travels to Illinois and we do a lot of our filming and marketing videos, stuff like that. Most of them filmed at the IFSI, the Illinois fire service Institute. So we, we film there and that there, that's a fantastic facility. They're awesome. And they, they allow us to come in there and use the facility. And it's like anything that we request, they make happen. I mean, it's like magic there. I mean, anything we can dream up, somehow they're like we got it we'll figure it out we'll make it happen and we've we've been able to make some really awesome content and just had a lot of fun built some great relationships met people from kind of all over but yeah we um we always, we'll travel there we do you know different trade shows fdic and things like that so i think those those stuff. those can wear the, the conferences and the you know the constant need to go out and schmooze is that tough for you guys yeah or i mean that- that's if you had to take a step back over the years at times, just cause like you said, family, family becomes mm-hmm. the most important thing, you know, don't want to get wrapped yeah. up too much in the identity. Yeah. You know, um, I would say I never get tired of, of, uh, getting recognized or like the schmoozing. If you will. It's really, I wouldn't call it schmoozing. It's more just like meeting people, um, networking, making connections. It's been, it's been really, it's been really cool. And every opportunity that I have when I am traveling, if I have the opportunity to bring family with me, I bring them with me. So they've gone with me. Like when, when we went to Hawaii, the whole family came. So it was a great, that was a great vacation. We turned that into a vacation. So every, t- I always look for the opportunities to have that, but you're absolutely right though. You know, each time you travel is, is time away, but no, I, I enjoy it. Like FDIC is unlike anything else. I mean, it, it is amazing incredibly overwhelming but amazing all at the same time i mean like meeting i mean literally just thousands of people and i think for me it's the most humbling thing when guys come up to me and i mean like literally had grown men break down in tears in front of me telling me that telling me and jason that our videos you know got them through really dark times or they were you know contemplating you know taking their life and our videos reminded them that you know it's going to get better. You know, things are going to get better and laugh. And, and so that's just, for me, when I hear those things, I just, it just, that's why I do it. You know, I, I love to make the content when you're getting pounded on that shift. That is just like monotony, monotonous calls that are just ridiculous running that frequent flyer and you get in the truck afterwards. And somebody's like, you know, somebody sings my knee hurts now, or they, they make some kind of video reference I, uh, I love when guys tell me that they give me that feedback. I love to create moments where guys can watch those videos with their families and their families, like you said, but they don't necessarily know the culture, have the same sense of humor as us. And we get to explain to them that this is why this is funny. And then they laugh. And then again, it's just more moments for them to connect with their family, with their, with them, with their friends, with their crews, with whatever. And so, um, when I, when I get to see that, especially at FDIC and things like that, meeting all those people, it's, it's. It's really powerful. Um, it's it's uh, encouraging. Sometimes you can get it can be hard. Like 
um, coming up with content sometimes gets difficult. You know, you're, you're increasingly trying to come up um, with something to make somebody laugh and, and uh, just it be relevant. And it can, it can just be, it can be tiring at times. You, it's just like anything else, any other art form, whether you're writing or whatever, you get writer's block and you, you know, it's ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys. But when I hear that feedback, it's very encouraging. And it, and it kind of gives me the energy of like, yeah, you know, this is why I'm doing this. Keep going. It's not just, I'm not just putting this stuff out there for likes and views and comments. It's not about that. To me, it's about actually impacting people's lives. Are you still doing that burn camp up in Prescott at all? I mean, I know we, 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 very you know cross paths i would say that's probably the most accurate almost 20 years ago but that's that thing's still going on up there right yeah i the last time i was at uh camp courage was 2019 that was it was obviously right before covid because then in covid i think last year was the first year they had it since covid but when i went back in 2019 i wasn't able to go the entire it's just it's hard especially with we had a um my wife was about ready to pop with our fourth. So, but I went up there and, and, you know, they do a night for the, the older kids do an overnight camp out and the younger kids, they have like a carnival. Well, they had this like dance party night and I called up there and was asking like, Hey, can I come up? Cause I, I was involved with the, Now it's the Arizona burn foundation, but it was the foundation for burns and trauma for shoot. I went to that camp 16 years in a row, 15 years in a row and just got to see kids grow from you know they, they come in there as a brand new burn survivor from six seven years old to i see him you know 20 years old getting married you know it's like holy cow this is crazy and um but just to see the impact you know some of these kids come from horrible situations and then they, they live for that one week um and getting involved in that was amazing and so i you know call after, after i started having kids obviously it became increasingly harder to be gone for an entire week um away especially you know all my kids are young. And, uh, so I was able to come up there just for that night, which was really awesome and see everybody and, uh, see a bunch of the kids that I hadn't seen in, in a couple of years. And so I have not been back since that, just like, like I said, since COVID, but it's definitely, I definitely keep in touch with everybody who's involved in that. And, and, uh, obviously any opportunity I can get to go back up there. I'm yeah, definitely any, in any firefighter listening to this, if they had, know about it or have connections like that's something that if you get the opportunity to do it it's probably one of the most rewarding weeks you'll ever have you know i mean you spend a week as their counselor and you have probably like five or six kids but you get to meet all the kids but what do you, you know, do uh, would you just do regular camp uh, stuff yeah i mean it's like outdoor area i remember like horseback riding and they have like all kind of events they rappelling and stuff like that uh canoeing on the lake i don't know if that they still do i'm, I'm guessing it's a lot of the same but yeah um, yeah. you know, the big, and there was the comedy night. I mean, that's, <laughs> of course, that's who I remember, remember you as, uh, making people uh, yeah. laugh the entire week back then. But it's just, you know, it's one of those things like you, you can't replace, uh, seeing a smile on these kids' faces, especially when, you know, some of them are, this, this thing might've happened within a year. I mean, I remember one kid I had, it was within the year. And so, I mean, just seeing a campfire, I mean, it was, he was done. Like it was pretty bad you know so much trauma there but you give them like like brent said you give them a week that they live for you know and it it can change their life that's why they keep coming back it's extremely powerful because these kids they go to that camp and they say you know when i'm when i'm at home i'm different um people are looking at me they see my scars they see this and their scars define them but like to, to everybody else not to them but to everybody else it's like Oh, that's, that's the kid that's been burned or that, you know, whatever. And so when they come to camp, they're like, this is the one week out of the year where I feel normal because nobody's looking at my scars. Nobody's pointing, nobody's whispering, nobody's saying anything. I come here, I'm normal. And and it's pretty powerful. It's pretty incredible when, like you said, you, you're spending every waking moment with these kids as their counselor and they will open up to you and they will talk to you. And, and some of these kids, you, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of it is team building, um, a lot of it is is just building their overall confidence and encouragement, and again, reminding them that they're not defined defined by their scars, and they're not they're not burned victims; they're burned survivors. And you know, and so it's it's teaching these kids that like, and, and I tell them like, hey, you know, you're because some kids will be like, I'm so stupid, I can't believe I did. You know, they get upset, like I ruined my life because I did this. And it's like, dude, there's nothing. The only difference between you and me is I was just that much quicker. Like I should have been burned as a kid. You know, we, I think every firefighter probably played with fire at some point. 
kids, if you're listening, don't play with fire. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just reminded them, like, you're not dumb. You're not worse. You're not stupid because this happened. It's just, I don't know why some things happen to some, you, the, our hands are all different. You know, we play the cards we were dealt and sometimes things happen, you know, and, but it's, it is very, very impactful. And these kids, like I said, they, a lot of them, some of them come from just, you know, what we would call like a normal upbringing and other ones have very, very traumatic, difficult things. Some of their burn, uh, their burn scars are from abuse, yeah, things like that. Some of them, it's just kids being kids and accidents happen. So it's, there's a lot. And, and I would say any firefighter listen to this, if you can get involved in the burn foundations, wherever you're at, I highly recommend it because it's, it's extremely powerful and there's, so much that it does for the kids, but I, I mean, it does tenfold for you as going there, being able to give back and pouring these kids. It's pretty incredible. And you get to see the impact that you have and you watch these kids go from being, you know, zero confidence and super self-conscious and about everything to just blossoming. And next thing you know, they're coming back as counselors and there's nothing more powerful than seeing a kid who, you know, was kind of a recluse and embarrassed by his scars and scared to now he's like the counselor and he's identifying with that kid. It was like, dude, I had to say, look at me. I'm, we're, I'm just like you and, and showing them, mentoring them. It's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty good experience. What, uh, what's new or what's coming up for you guys? So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just continuing to continue to make content. I do have some more music video stuff coming out. I think I'm going to kind of do some shorter. I, uh, yeah, I've always, historically done the full song of things and i think i'm going to do maybe some shorter form because it'll be i'll be able to be more consistent or be able to put out more music because like i, I am very passionate about music and, and singing and, and um and that's that's how my wife and i met and when i'm able to put comedy and music and all that together and video it's just it's magic so do you have to worry about like copyright stuff have you been reached out to by anybody yeah i mean I, it's a lot of what I do is, is it falls under like the fair use copyright laws because it's parody. Oh, nice. So, so that's kind of the way I get around some of it. So, I mean, some platforms are better than others. Some platforms are like, nah, I'm not even going to hear that. And it's kind of frustrating because it's like literally like law, but they just don't even give you the, it's an endless thing of emails and clicking buttons and this and that. It's just a loop that never ends and nobody ever answers. So it's just like, it's not even worth it. But uh, I'm going to continue to do that. Things are great with fire department coffee. You know, we're going to, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up um, as that in the, you know, everything's good. We're, we're, you know, in retail and just continue to come out with, you know, more funny content to make we'll everybody laugh. And, it. It's yeah. always good. We'll forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me.